You're listening to Titans of the Trades. I'm your host, Ryan England, author of Hire Better People Faster and creator of the Corfit Hiring System, a proven process to help growing companies attract and retain only the best. I'm on a mission to revolutionize the perception of the trades and elevate it to new heights. After growing up in a blue collar family, my passion for making the trades cool again runs deep. If you're a Titan in the industry and want to be on my show, stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. And with technology now, it's making life easier for everybody with some of the physicalities of the trade. So that's another thing that's great. It's not only helping the women. I mean, yes, we are built differently. Doesn't yeah. mean we can't do the job. We just need to do it differently. But some of the things that they're doing is really going to save everybody's bodies as they, you know, age. Absolutely. You talk to some of the guys that are in trades that have been doing a lot of things, their bodies are, they feel those aches and pains every day. Yeah. We're going to be talking about something that could completely get rid of any labor shortage we have in construction or the trades. Not going to spoil it for you. But I'd love to introduce today's guest, Ann Flager, past president of NAWIC. Hi, Ann, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here. So talk to me about the biggest myth that you see in construction right now, the one that is impacting the trades the most. Well, the biggest myth that I see is that people are still calling the construction industry a male-dominated industry. It's not male dominated anymore. It's male populated, which means that yes, we still have a majority of men, but you're seeing more women with boots on the ground in the fields at the jobs. And you're also seeing them with seats at the table impacting construction. There was just a five year census that was done. And from 2016 to 2021, women increased by 32% in the industry. We're up over 1.2 mil. And that's across the whole construction industry. That was a huge step. And I think that really shows us that again, it's male populated, but you're seeing more women. And I am definitely seeing more women in leadership roles for certain. I'm seeing that almost as though that's more of the norm now. There still is some challenges depending on the area on women being boots on the ground and working with the stuff, but I am definitely seeing that change as well. I love what you said, the 1.2 million. Last time I checked, the construction industry in general is short about 800,000 to a million people. Depending on who you talk to, there's so much more opportunity with women in the trades to fill that gap. Yes, definitely. And what's wonderful is that we're able to go into the schools now and talk to the counselors and the students about having a career in construction. We all know that women live a little bit longer than men. And a lot of times there are single mothers out there Mm. and construction really is a viable career and you can make good money, especially in the trades. You can go to school while you're working. So then you don't, if you don't have to go to college and have that debt, you're learning your job as you're going. So there are just so many opportunities, but what is very exciting is that we are finally now able to get into the schools and talk to the students about having construction in their future. That is great. And yes, I love apprenticeship programs. I love the training and education that you can get in the trades. 
and not have to get the college debt for something that you're probably never going to use anyways. Here, you're learning a craft, you're becoming an expert at it. And I mean, this is probably another myth is that you can't make good money in construction, but there are a lot of people, boots on the ground that can make six figures a year, depending on what they do with this. And then the career opportunities are just incredible. Yes, definitely. And we're also seeing women that this is their second career. They may have been a teacher or a nurse and then are now hearing about what they can do in construction and how they can succeed. So this is becoming their second career. So talk to me for a minute about what you started with, that this is no longer male dominated, which when I hear that, I think, okay, the men are in charge, the men are in power, it's men everywhere, and it's male populated. Help me understand the distinction between those two things. Well, you had a very clear understanding between, it's, you're exactly right. Male dominated means that the men are running everything and controlling everything. We are now seeing that men are not doing that all by themselves in the construction industry. We're finding more of a collaboration between men and women. We, as men and women, we all have different things that we bring to the table. And by women stepping up and working with the men, we can have better projects getting them more on schedule, solving problems, keeping them as close to the budget as possible because we're working together. If there's something that maybe a male maybe had no idea, didn't even think about it, you know, a new perspective and that be from the woman's side could come in and completely help the problem. And what's the great thing is, is that women are now being accepted that they do have the knowledge and it, we're not going back to the old days of, oh, well, she should just be home baking cookies and taking care of the kids, the men are really supporting women to move up the ladder and be leaders in the construction industry. And I think that's really what has happened over the last few years. And that's why you're seeing an upturn in women getting into the industry. And there's a lot of opportunity to upward mobility for women as well that do understand the trade, but also can move into more leadership management roles. Like that's been opened up a lot. Is that correct for them? That is correct. There are women that have had a number of, had a full career in the trades and are now moving up to maybe training or they're even starting their own companies or they're speaking and getting out there in front of other people. I'm a firm believer that, especially for young girls and young women, they need to see another woman in front of them doing the job so that they can feel that they can do that position. So since they're seeing more women standing up and showing what they're doing, then the younger generation coming up is like, oh yeah, I can do that too because I saw her doing that. Well, help me now with some practical things that we can do because I can picture people listening right now going, yeah, I get it. I see it, but that's not us. Like we don't have any women in the field right now or we don't have any women leaders right now. And to your point, you just said it's helpful for some of these young girls to see another woman doing it and all that. So how do you get started in this? How do you make this shift from where 99% like I'm thinking of a, a client of mine, good friend of mine, and they've got a couple hundred people in the field and one woman. Now it, what's funny is she's a foreman and they're working foreman. you know, that's pretty common in construction. And when you put up the numbers, she is the number one foreman across all the teams out of all those hundreds. And I think that there's, I mean, I have a lot of theories as to why that is, but there's one out of hundreds. 
think company-wide, I know what the industry, NAWIC is doing a lot of stuff to help the industry, but company-wide, how do I take that first step? Like, what is it that I can do or change or do I have to become in order for a woman to want to come and be a part of this? Well, especially for small, medium-sized companies, it is tough. There is a little bit of work to be done, but start in your local communities. Reach out to your schools. There are trade schools. There are technical colleges and things of that sort. You can reach out to them. Or you had mentioned NAWIC. NAWIC, we have chapters all across the country. And for those that may not know, NAWIC is the National Association of Women in Construction. So we have chapters all across the country. If you connect with one of our local chapters, then you might be able to have some women in that chapter help you to give you leads for people that might be interested. We still have a little bit of, it's gotten better, but a lot of times women still won't apply for positions if they don't feel that they are 100% they can do the job. Yeah. Men, on the other hand, it's a little bit like 75, 80%. Yeah, i that job. Yeah. So, <laughs> so reach out to women in the different schools and sit down and interview them. A lot of times you can get them to build up their confidence just by setting up that interview because you reached out to them. And I think that, like I said, it takes a little bit of work, but I think if you reach out into your community and start there, I know that people have a lot of trade shows, career fairs, all that kind of stuff going on. That's another avenue that you can do. Something that's very important if you are at those career fairs or trade shows, try to have a woman with you at the table. Mm. Don't just have the men. When I was in the HR department for a general contractor, I would go with our business development guy to those because I thought it was important that we had a male and a woman represented at those shows. And it really helped. Actually, I strung up conversations with the men too, talking about getting the careers. But if they see that your company is invested and interested in recruiting women, that's going to benefit you as well. Now, once you get them, the other, the hard part is keeping them or retaining them. So, well, let's get into that for a second. I have some questions first <laughs> before sure. we get into the retention side. Yes. In fact, you, you and I were talking a little bit before the show and the retention problem is probably the bigger problem that we have right now in construction than it is the recruiting problem. You had mentioned something and I use this in my teaching a lot is that women are more likely to apply for a job when they can do a hundred percent of what's on the job posting. Whereas men, I think that the quote is 60%. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, right? right? So the men are like, yeah, I can fake the rest of it. No worries. There's a big push right now. I don't want to get into anything politicized right now, but there is a big push for becoming more gender neutral. And I know Indeed is doing it. So if you're posting jobs on Indeed, they're looking for things like, and this is crazy, we had a client that they were a handyman company. Well, the popular vernacular is still handyman. It's not handy person or anything like that. And well, Indeed was flagging that as saying that they were targeting men. And so there's definitely some stuff we have to work through. Like the industry is still figuring it all out. But one thing I can say that I've seen, and this is something we do in our training, when you're writing that job ad, put down just what the absolute requirements are. Yeah. Don't put all the nice to haves and the wish you hads and all that stuff because you're going to turn women away from applying for that because they're like, well, I can't do that too. And so that's something that we do in our training. And we've seen that happen is when you put a, an ad out there that says, this is the bare minimum to do the job. Like this is what you got to do to keep your job to perform well. 
you're going to open it up to more and more people, exactly. and especially half the population. Exactly. That's one thing we have to remember yep. is that women are half the population. Yes. So if we are disregarding women, I mean, getting women in the trades could solve a bunch of the labor shortage issues we have. Yes. And you mentioned about job positions on Indeed. It's very difficult to see in an application, even by the name anymore, what gender they are. So yeah. I agree with you. I think that it's important just to put the bare minimum. There are some jobs you have to have certain requirements for, like forklift operator or class ACDL or whatever, things like yeah, that you have to have. Absolutely. But get them to the get them to apply, get to the interview part, and then be able to really, and it, it, you want to be able to get to know the people. I know that it takes time and to go through all those applicants, but I really feel that if you take that time and interview, truly interview the applicants, you are going to not only get more people hired, but because of your interview and the extra steps you're taking, you'll get them to stay as well because they know that you already care about them because of whatever happened in the interview. It's interesting. It got me thinking about some coaching I was just doing with a client the other day. And for those of you that haven't read the book Traction by Gino Wickman, this concept is in that book. But he talks about GWC when it comes to people, the right people in the right seats. And the, it's do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it? I'm not going to teach on this, but I will tell you that want it part to me, that is the hardest. Like, there's no way you're going to influence that if they want it or not. And the only way you're ever going to see if they want it is to have a face-to-face conversation with them. Exactly. You're not going to get it over some email or resume or something like that. Have an interview with them. And for a lot of times too, when you are interviewing people, don't go into it with biases. And I'm not just talking gender biases. Like there's so many biases that we have. I'll never forget. I had a client one time said, I'm like, man, she, this, I'm guessing it's a woman. She looks amazing on her resume. Like this is the person you've been waiting for. But she had, she had a name that was really hard to pronounce. And he made an assumption as to her race, her ethnicity, her background, her accent And he said, I don't think she's going to do well because I don't think she's going to speak with an American accent very well. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, buddy, stop. (laughs) So I get him to get her in the interview. You close your eyes. You thought she was from Texas. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it was like, she was born and raised here. Like, we have to remember we're melting pot. People, just because they have names that are from their family's culture and heritage doesn't mean that. So we're not just talking the gender bias. Like there's so many biases that go into this. So we get them in, we interview them. We find out that they want to do the job and they're like, yes, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to put in the effort. I can physically do the work because that's the other belief that we have, right? Is that women can't physically do the work. Yes. And with technology now, it's making life easier for everybody with some of the physicalities of the trade. So that's another thing that's great. It's not only helping the women. I mean, yes, we are built differently. Doesn't yeah. mean we can't do the job. We just need to do it differently. But some of the things that they're doing is really going to save everybody's bodies as they, you know, age. Absolutely. You talk to some of the guys that are in trades that have been doing a lot of things. Their bodies are they feel those aches and pains every day. Yeah, yeah. The technology is very. And you know, what I've seen too, and specific trades. Sometimes women actually perform better because they're smaller frames. They can get into areas much easier than men can. Like there's just advantages to not being biased on either side. But let's talk about this. So one of the things I heard you say, which was great, if we're small company and we don't have women 
on our teams right now is to partner with NAWIC go to a local chapter. It sounds like there will be members there that would be willing to support maybe helping me with this, maybe even coming to hang out at my booth for a little bit at a trade show. So it's more approachable, those kinds of things, because this is a team effort. Exactly. We aren't going to solve this one at a time. Nope. Yeah. So we get some women in here and we're all excited. We get them on the team. They join the team. Now we got to keep them, (laughs) which in a industry that is predominantly male, right? It's populated more by, by men than women. How do we make sure that the women stick around? Well, you want to be able to support them from the time they walk into the facility, which you should do for everybody. If you don't have any other women or you don't have any, we have such a diversity going on right now, but whenever you have somebody that's kind of unique, try to find somebody that can mentor or support. I mean, even if they're not within the company, like I mentioned, NAWIC, we have chapters and we could partner up that way. Or if there there are other organizations like with the architects or even your chamber of commerce, I know that there's ways that you can connect with them as well. Don't feel that you have to do it all yourself, but if you're providing them opportunity for support and tools, that really, again, shows that you're caring and you want them to stay. You want to keep them. You also need to, and you should really do this across the board, but I'm a firm believer that the owners and those in the C-suites need to talk to all their employees periodically, ask them how they're doing. Is there anything we can do to make the job better? Even any benefit you'd like to have added or changed or something like that. That again, really shows the employees that the owners care. That's one of the reasons why the company that I work for, the owners are very caring. It's a father and a son. And if something comes up and there's a problem and it was from something that they maybe tried to increase the profit or do something that that slowed down our jobs, they take it full on. They don't try to blame it on somebody else. And I actually had an employee come up to me and say, I've never had an owner come up to say to me, it's our fault. We're not as busy as we want to be right now. Mm. So you really need to take that extra time and talk to your employees and don't just keep it to the women because then if you do that, you kind of have the animosity with the men. Oh, well, only talk to the women or you want to, you want to do that across the board. That'll help you retain all of your employees because you don't want to have to keep going back and recruiting more unless you grow your business. Then you definitely want to be recruiting more if your business grows. Yeah. Got me thinking about some training I just did with another client, big uh, industrial contractor They've been struggling with retention, especially 90-day retention, that first 90 days. I mean, everybody's learning something new. And they would have they would have people that would come in and three, four days later, they would just walk off the job, just gone. And I want people to know too, it doesn't have to be this big monumental, oh my gosh, we have to shift everything. It can be little things. And one of the things we brought up in the training was learn the new person's name, right? Stop with the nicknames. Stop with anything that you think is fun or humorous or funny because they may not. Right? Like I can just think about in the trades, I've seen this happen, women being catcalled, you know, it, that's, there's not a, that's not a place for it, right? Like there's never a place for that. Learn their name. Don't call them new person or new guy or new gal. Learn their name, connect with them, make a connection, and show them that you're happy to have them there. Like, I loved your example about the owner owning it, right? And that made a connection with the employee, being able to do that. But 
it's not as hard as people think. <laughs> it isn't. And I'm glad you brought up a kind of about the nicknames. I get a lot of questions from men as well. Well, I'm afraid to talk to a woman because she might sue me for sexual harassment, something like that. And mm. I'm like, are you just having a conversation with her? I mean, yeah. it's not difficult. You just have to go up and say hello and just keep it a conversation. Don't say, hey, chicky or anything like that. Just yeah. keep it a, just a real conversation. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think that the media, social media, what we see other people go through has made us scared. And one of the things that I found, and I'd love for you to speak to this because you'll know it better than I will, but one of the things I found is that women that are in the trades, they want to be there and they know what they're walking into. I'm not saying it's right, <laughs> but, and I'm not saying to treat women inappropriately by any stretch, but have a conversation with them. And if you slip every once in a while or something like that, I've seen them to be very tolerant of it because they do want to make a difference and they do want to be there. And they know that there's a lot of work that still needs to happen. So you don't have to walk around on eggshells, which actually can make things worse. Exactly. I see that actually make things worse. And you're exactly right, Ryan. Women do understand that. They do know how, what sometimes what they're getting into. If a man accidentally calls her a chick or, or something like that, that person may not make a big deal about it because it may just be second nature to them. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you're changing your vocabulary, you sometimes go back to what you've always known. So it all is in the context of it too. If it seems to be harmless and is a mistake, you may later on maybe mention if if it happens again, the woman would say something. But they, they learn to pick their battles as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. the grievous stuff, yeah, definitely, you know, they're not going to. And there's still a lot of things that, that need to change on the job sites too, but we are making great strides with that. That's one thing that NAWIC has an alliance with OSHA. And so, especially with the way that all the things that happened around COVID and, you know, we have to have all this cleaning and sanitizing and all that kind of stuff. And so OSHA has actually came back to NAWIC and said, some of the stuff you've been talking about, having clean job sites, clean porter johns, all that kind of stuff, that really also shows us that we're now, because we're post-COVID, things are changing and people are seeing that, yeah, some of these women have been talking about this for a very long time. Maybe we should start doing maybe, some of it. So Maybe we uh, should listen to them finally. Yeah, <laughs> and you're seeing a lot more companies now that have proper fitting PPE. When I was national president at my annual conference in 2021, we actually had a woman's PPE workwear show. So the women could see all the different types of it. And it's just been going bonkers here in the last few years with that. So that's also good. And those are things that owners want need to know about. That if you're providing any kind of PPE, you want to make sure that you have the woman version of the same PPE that you do for the men. You've got to have that option because, again, we're built differently. Sure. Wow. All right. So much to unpack. Like my brain is thinking of all these ideas and we're actually at time, but I want, I want to summarize what I heard and Ann, just check me on this. So it all starts with being intentional. Like we have to be intentional and we have to realize that there's some, there's some, probably some habits and some behaviors we've got to let go of if we want to attract more women to the trades. Not only can we not do it alone, but we're not alone. There are organizations like NAWIC that can help walk us through this and help support us through this process to bring more women in the trades. And the reason that you want to do it is what you started with. 1.2 more women in the trades, in construction, that could solve our labor shortage right there. 
Right. Like, as you mentioned, more than 50% is women on the planet. That's where our labor shortage comes from. But you summed it up very well. And if they're interested in NAWIC, it's www.nawic.org. I'd be happy to connect people as well. That's one of the things that I'm doing now that I'm kind of moved into my senior leadership kind of thing is that I want to be in front of the younger generation and talking Mm. to them about my experience and my career. Because again, that will encourage them and give them the confidence to go after what they want too. And we need people like you doing that because as much as we want to solve it on the employer side, we still have to let the workforce know that things are changing and there's opportunity here. And we got to have people communicating that. We were talking before a bunch of women influencers that I see online that are in the trades and just the cool things they're doing to let these young women know that there are opportunities for them. And I love what you're doing. I love what NAWIC is doing. It's so great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, you're welcome. Ryan England here. Thank you so much for listening to Titans of the Trades. If you're a Titan in the construction, manufacturing, or skilled trades industry and would like to be a guest on my show, please visit podcast.corematters.com. If you found value in this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and share it with a friend or post it on social. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Titans of the Trades. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, click the subscribe button. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and get me one step closer to solving the labor crisis facing the industry. Want to know more about how we're doing that? Go to our website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.